Welcome back to the Drenazzo Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Hughes, with two amazing co-hosts, Mike Lennox and Nick Elliott, both functional movement specialists and recent, recent graduates of the Multidimensional Movement Coaching Mentorship. Uh, you're going to be joining into a conversation that we had that spans quite a few um, passion topics. Uh, one is like, what does it really mean to be a personal trainer in this day and age with the education that we have and the means that we, that we have to give to athletes? Uh, where's the industry right now? And um, do, do we really see the full transition towards more of a movement-based training and conditioning versus a physique-based training and conditioning uh, methodology? And uh, how excited we are to see that transition as it bubbles up from the underground. They're also going to be sharing some gold nuggets and some major takeaways that they got from the mentorship and how we all are realizing that the community of trainers that are critical thinkers is blowing up, and it's huge. So if any of those topics uh, kind of piqued your, your interest, you're going to love this, this podcast. If you love forward thinking and um, kind of projecting and planning out what the future is going to be like for the in- industry, you're going to love this podcast. If you just love just jumping into three guys' heads on, on where we are and, fr- and where we've come from as trainers and how we affect um, and can affect change in our clients' lives, you're going to love this podcast. So thanks for joining in with us. Uh, enjoy this uh, you know, about hour or so conversation, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Genazo Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. I've stopped using the name personal trainer. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, uh, it actually makes me feel that I am the egotistical, arrogant guy who has to wear a tank top or cut off sleeve shirt <laughs> in the gym. And if I don't train the trainer, tra- if I don't train my clients the way that I exactly look, then I'm not doing them a service. <laughs> there is a story to that. Yeah. Oh man. That's good. That's so, good. It's kind of interesting because, you know, when people say, hey, you own a gym, it actually makes me cringe. I know Gymnazo, the first three letters is gym, but like, I, it actually makes me cringe because I don't want people to think that that's who I am. I'm the typical gym owner, personal trainer. And so I've, I found myself saying like, no, I actually own a training facility. And they kind of look at me like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a little different than a gym. You know, there's no, there's, there's no cardio alley and, you know, racks of weights with, you know, mirrors in front of them, you know, we actually train athleticism. Like that's our focus. So I'm curious, is that something you guys connect with or is that, you know, uh, what's your guys' vibe on that one? Well, I would, I would agree. I like the whole personal trainer tag, um, is something 
I'm trying to get away from and, and to try and explain like, well, how do I do that gracefully? Um, because people know and they just, oh, but, but the response I get, oh, you're a personal trainer. Again, that has a certain stereotype. So when I have like played around, I'm like, oh, I'm a movement specialist. Oh, what's that? You know, and it, it definitely sparks a little more conversation. Um, but uh, the whole gym vibe um, is interesting because where I'm at, it's, it's definitely more of an old school um, type of gym. Um, where we have a number of independent trainers, um, a lot of different styles. Uh, everyone's very busy, very successful. Um, so it's been, um, a neat transition for me just to kind of, uh, bring what I'm doing and, and, and share that. And, um, with, with some of the other people who are willing and and open to it and want to know some of these odd things that I'm doing the movement and why you, why are you doing a squat like that? Like your feet are crooked. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Um, you know, but then they're doing their, you know, my shoulder hurts, you know, well, why are you doing that? Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like there's, there's the trainer and then there's the movement specialist, um, whole idea. So, um, it's been, a, it's been a fun transition and I'm still working on like how to exactly explain that to um to to uh, to my clients my people and whatnot mm. yeah what do you nick yeah uh, very similar boat there um i think more so with me it's i think this is where my ego still creeps up um because i think my transition in terms of how i refer to myself when someone does ask um i sometimes believe that maybe they are will not be able to comprehend what I'm saying. Um, so when I say movement specialist, someone doesn't, you know, really grab that. They're not able to identify with that yet. I think just because of how this is growing as a movement. So a lot of times I found that I'll start with that. And someone will say, oh, what is that? And then I say a personal trainer. You know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like here. Let me give it to you in layman's terms, because I'm not sure if I want to spend the time speaking to you about what it is that I do right now. So that I, I have taken kind of like checked in with myself there on that, because I think that is largely the ego, largely uh, some of the emotional patterns that I have still at play that kind of are conflicting in how I'm growing as an individual as well. You know, not just my title but where am I at in my journey as a human being? Um, because I think we largely identify with what we label ourselves, but that is not what we are. You know, we are humans first and foremost, we are beings and it's very easy to get caught on to. Uh, I'm a personal trainer. That's what I do. It's who I am. It's how I breathe. Exactly. Like you said, it comes with the tank top, the cutoff sleeves, the hard attitude, the food while you're training a client, eating food, like, <laughs> it, you know, that's, it's, it is what it is. So there are shifts that are, I think there, there's a lot changing within this industry. There's a lot changing. And that is definitely one of those um, works in progress is going from personal trainer to movement practitioner or movement specialist. And I've even had the, uh, am I really a specialist? No, I'm more of a practitioner. Uh, you know what? 
I, I'm, I'm working up to a specialist. And so I get conflicted even within, <laughs> am I actually a specialist? You know, what, what am I specializing in? So, um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what both of you said. And I, I just think that on, on my end, there's definitely more, I just feel it very deep. You know, it's, um, I have to check in with myself quite often when, even if I'm in my own head about it, you know, I'm not actually speaking out loud. I'm in my own head about it, just typing up your bio, right? Oh, this is who I am, what I do. And I'm like, do I really want to type that? Is that what I am? Am I good enough to put that? So there's the self-worth that you have to evaluate. So um, yeah, those are, that's my two cents. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's, it's really interesting because we're in an industry that, you know, no one, no one gives you a title. You know, truly, you know, I'm talking, you know, there's certifications out there and there's things like that, but you know, like there's no, there's no schooling system. There's no licensing system. There's no governing body that, you know, calls, okay, you're now a lawyer. Great job. Like by, by the legal structure of the state of Florida, California, you are this legally, you know, and, um, in this industry, I mean, to me, like the fitness industry is such an, it is such an underground in industry. Like there's, there's no news that reports on it. You know, there's no, there's no like, you know, public eye that, that digs into it. Um, there's no even companies that are like even publicly traded on the market. Either are, there's Planet Fitness, but you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's such a, like an underground, like we all do fitness. Like the vast majority of, of, of at least the United States population takes care of themselves in some degree, yeah. nutritionally or physically, uh, may it be a very low degree. And in fact, it is a very low degree. Um, but the professional that works inside of it, um, us personal trainers, quote unquote, like um, it's not a very glory seeking job unless, because it's always like made fun of in like movies. It's always made fun of in like TV shows. You know, like we're usually... Um, I, I know that that type A stereotype, um, yeah, the male. Um, I remember there was a movie where Brad Pitt was the personal trainer. I forget what the movie was. <laughs> I think like, um, <laughs> um, I remember that. Um, yeah, and he was just like he was an idiot. He was an absolute idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm realizing more that like I, you know, Nick, as you like, I'm I'm connecting more with the engineer. Um. Like that's, that's how I look at every single client and every single session. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, my job is to reverse engineer biomechanics, but it's also to reverse engineer in their personality type. It's also to reverse engineer, you know, what they're even walking in with, like just who they are as a soul for that day. Um, I'm also trying to reverse engineer the equipment that I need to use, the tools. And then um, the, like they're human, like, they're never the same. Right. Like they're always, it's always consistently different. And I have to build a program and also for them from like a computer engineer. So I have no idea how, how to code. Like I have like zero knowledge on that topic, but we all do programming. We're trying to set a set parameter of things to apply to a, to a subject to get an outcome. That's programming. And so therefore like we have to do those things too. And like there's so there's so much intelligence and complexity built within that, that I don't even think our industry understands. Um, I think we're unpacking that. We are un un unpacking that. Um, but 
it's yeah, like I said, it's so underground. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it just it, it really fascinates me, like where I believe the industry is going, and I wish there was a bigger. Uh, I wish there was a bigger um, soapbox to stand on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that we could announce it, you know, truly. But right. I don't think I don't think mainstream media cares. I, I truly don't. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, it's very interesting what you what you're saying is is every you know ninety percent of the people out there are doing you know are watching what they eat, they're moving, they're exercising to some degree, and it's such a big part of you know you know everywhere around the world. Like people are doing it, people are aware of it. But yet, it doesn't really go recognized. And um, before before the the podcast here, I was just kind of like going back through the program and what you guys have laid out here and what you guys teach, um, and some of like how to handle clients, um, getting you know out of the transactional experience, just personality types, and a lot of those soft skills that in in my um, years as a trainer, never, I've never seen that. It's never been talked. It's always about the exercise, the, you know, like the, the bones of it. Um, and, and not about the people themselves and, and just what it actually does and how much of an impact it has on people's lives. Um, and again, which is why I'm like stoked to see someone, you know, you taking the reins and really wanting to elevate the industry with, all that you're doing. And now with this movement collective, like it's just expanding. And now we have, you know, the MDM tiers and, you know, all of us like looking to, to do the same. Um, it's a lot more than just, Hey, I'm just a personal trainer. I'm just wearing a tank top. I'm a meathead. You know, like Nick said, I'm eating my, you know, chicken and broccoli while I'm training you and get my 18 cups of coffee a day, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, I mean, healthcare, like we should, should, you know, shouldn't that be like a staple? Like that's, right. everybody should have access to it. Right. I was really hoping like the silver lining for me, you know, as we, as our, as our industry, you know, one of the biggest industries that got decimated from COVID, um, you know, there's certainly others, um, but we're, we're really in that bottom of the barrel type of um, application here. Um, I was really hoping and I had this kind of like inner like calm about me going through those two years of uh, kind of extreme lockdown, at least in the state of California. Um, like I was like, you know what? The nation's gonna wake up. I'm so happy this is happening because we're gonna realize how important personal healthcare is. Because you can get COVID, like we can all get it, you know, vaccine or not, you know, but. Well, the cool thing about what everyone's realizing that you can get it, but it's not going to affect you too much. And I'm like, that's awesome because solid fitness and solid health does the same thing. You know, we're not going to argue the degree of, of what it does or what it doesn't do, but it does the same thing. It, it helps. And I was like, yes, we're finally going to get the wake up call that preventative care is the way, is the way forward. And um, I'm a little sad because I don't see that happening. I was just going to ask if you still feel that way. <laughs> now, I still feel that way, but slow. I don't think it's, it's very happening. slow. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe the wake up call is there, but I'm not seeing it in our facility. Right. You know, we're, we're certainly coming back online, but I was, I would hope there'd be like, oh my gosh, my healthcare is so important. Right. And now I need to start doing something about it. Like we still have our current clients who they all, I mean, they were, they were drinking, they've drank in that juice a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, 
I'm not seeing that wave of people like, wow, I can't believe that, that this thing was so impactful towards people's lives. And one of the easiest ways to, to help is self-care. Right. And that's just not just physical or mental. It's also soulful, like stress, like decreasing stress in one's life. And um, yeah, the news isn't, didn't talk about it. I'm not reading in magazines on it. I'm not reading like, oh, we had the biggest wake up of, 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 of our lives. And, you know, the biggest helper in the industry are these people called trainers who can right. guide you and help you and nutritionists and da, da, da. Like, nope, I haven't seen anything. Right. Um, I hope I'm, I'm just looking at the wrong sources. You know, <laughs> I hope I'm just missing it. But uh, that, was a, that was something that kind of um, well, I, was, I was really am, amped on. That, that really kept me going. Um, through the uh, through the uh, dark dark hours, basically the quiet streets, the virtual training sessions. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, but coming into it though, and Mike, I I appreciate that. It's like you know, like this is what I believe is so exciting, and it's like the newest um, kind of pushback is that like as the industry shut down, and as we started to build the MDMC program, and as we started to build this thing, like literally two months before the pandemic hit. Um, you know, we just put it on the back burner. Like, who's going to be who's going to be investing in themselves when they have zero clients c- coming in, you know, or they're totally f- pivoting on their on their on their business. But over the past, you know, I'd say over the past half decade, you know, there's this has been new revival of like f- physique training should not be called fitness anymore. We'll just call it physique training. Like you're certainly building musculature, you're certainly building up, you know, connective tissue health, you know, but let's not call that health and fitness. Yeah. Let's just call that you, you look good, but your function is pretty, I don't want to say worthless, but doesn't have application. There's definitely a cost. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, that is a way to work out, but that is not the way that the vast, vast, vast majority of people should work, work out. Right. Though that is the people, that is how it is, is actually been portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I really want the page to turn. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, thank you very much. You really have done a good job, but the page is turning now. Right. You know, we're going to a new way where gyms should be remodeled in a, in a way because they're still designed. Even brand new fitness f- facilities are being designed the same way they have been since the 1970s. Yeah. Right. And last time I checked, that's not 30 years ago. That's 50 years ago. Like think, think about everything that's evolved in the last 50 years. Right. I mean, everything has, but fitness has, <laughs> fitness hasn't. Well, and, I, think, uh, I think too, just kind of speaking to uh, the time there, the, t- the time aspect, one piece that I have continue to kind of process as the pandemic has gone on and we're really still there there's some aspects of it that are still here around that have carried over i often hear people say i can't wait until this is done meaning the pandemic i when we were inside of it i can't wait till we have to take our masks off i can't wait till we go get to go back into person i can't there was always this i can't wait as if they weren't able to live where they were at that time in that present day, minute, hour, whatever. I think fitness for the most part is that same thing. 
It's this constant, I can't wait until I look this way. I can't wait until I feel this good. I can't wait until I get here. And I think that's why, I think that's one aspect of what has really created the outcome of what fitness has become because we're never in the present moment. We're never able to realize that what we're doing now is benefiting us five years down the road, three months down the road. So it's this constant jump from, I just can't wait until, I just can't wait until, as opposed to living through every single moment and being present in that. And I think that's really a big piece of at least my experience with some of my athletes, my clientele, my community is it's really, really, really hard for them to see what a multidimensional coach can offer them over the course of a year versus, let's say, the, 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 the guy who literally just puts them through the isolated traditional moves over and over again for three days a week until their quads are exploding through their shorts after one month of doing that or whatever that may look like. Um, so I just oftentimes I wonder the scope of how far someone is looking out and are they actually present in that moment? And I think a big thing in terms of the fitness industry, where it could be going, the shifts that are being made, the, the movements that are happening, is the ability to see a certain extent, but also live in the moment while you're there. And um, it patient, like it, it really, for me, it just comes back to patience and, and being able to touch in with this is what has been created. Like, let's say like, over the last 50 years, this is what has been created. But now, like you said, underground, you're starting to see these people for Mike and I have talked about this several times for a long time there. We were looking for other movement practitioners. We were looking for you. We were looking for Matt Labosco uh, with the movement. Of, we were looking for Lenny with soft tissue. We were looking and we couldn't find it. We didn't know. We were, ty we're typing in Google, like uh, a, a triplane load on the hip, uh, counter rotation. Like you couldn't find these things. You couldn't, you couldn't find movement flow. It wasn't there. Right. But now it's like all of the, the underground, all these people that have been working on their craft are starting to come out through the cracks and it, it's like, yes, 50 years, this is what has been created. But now all these people, I think, are starting to make that shift. So I understand your feelings. I think that they do play a role there. But I do believe that some pieces are changing for the better and for permanent in a way. The fitness industry will never be the same if this trend continues. Because these people are coming up and through. The communities are expanding. And people are starting to ask questions like, you know, I saw this, I saw this video of this guy doing a mace and, or, or I saw CJ doing the lunge matrix. And I'm just trying to, you know, it, it, it's coming. I think it's yeah. coming. It really is. Oh, I fully ag agree with you. Um, it is coming uh, because of the hard work that we're all put, putting into it. There's, there's no question that, um, that the seeds have already been been planted and right. you know, the germinations is is going through it right. um you know uh, my big my big focus like i want it to be known that like 
even our grandparents, which unfortunately won't ever actually fully realize what, what, what we're doing, um, will be like, oh yeah, that's just what you do. That's, you know, when I go to the gym, that's what I do. Right. You know, um, and that's the same way. It's the same way with any technology that's, that, that's coming up, right? We have to actually, you know, who's going to be the adopters? You know, it's not going to be relatively the old. It's going to be the, it's going to be the young. It's going to be those who, with the mindsets, mentally young, to say, hey, you know, this is something that I'm, that I'm seeing and I'm paying attention and I'm looking for better. I'm looking for more efficient. Um, and that's really cool because it's actually, you know, the, how much I actually dislike traditional social media um, because it portrays such a, such a small scope of what's factual. Um, it is right now, like to me, like I look at Instagram for the fitness industry or TikTok or what the case is. It's like, that's the research and development, um, forum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when, sure. when you guys post a video, like, you know, it's only like 30 seconds. It's only a minute of you talking, right? What it is, it's really just a snapshot on this is what I'm working on. You know, I'm in my lab mm-hmm. and check this out, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's really kind of cool because, you know, every technology has their labs, you know, batteries right, right now for the energy and da, 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 da. It's like, you know, like, okay, cool. That's in the lab, but can you put it to the masses? Can you scale it? You know? And, um, what makes me like super amped is like, we're scaling it. Like we have something that, that is scalable. Right. Um, and if it can happen here in this small little town of San Luis Obispo, if it can happen in relatively small town of Jupiter, Florida, you know, like, okay, cool. Like we're, we're getting these case studies where it's being scaled. Right. So like, how do we share it as fast as possible? Right. Knowing that VC funding and SPACs and, you know, <laughs> buying stock is probably not going to happen. You know, like that's just not how this is going to happen. Like we're, you know, um, um, it, 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 I think it, I think it actually has to go grassroots. I think it has to go un- underground because the moment we get someone who wants to profit on it and be that their sole purpose is shareholder value, then you start to strip out the, the true essence of what it is. doesn't mean that we can't be made, made money from, right? But, um, not, you know, like I don't, I'm not a big fan of the orange theory of fitness. I don't think they're doing a good job. I don't think F45 is doing a good job of saying, hey, here's functional movement at its best. It's well, like, they well, don't do that at all. They don't do that at all, right? Well, well it's certainly F- different, F45 right? Yeah. It's certainly different. It's certainly not Treadmill Alley. You know, excuse me, Orange Theory is. You know, it's certainly different than lifting weights just to look good. There is more movement involved in it. Okay. It's very much the CrossFit, right? CrossFit's doing a good job to break away from the traditional Tradition. gym. Right. But it's like, it's an iteration though. And I think, I feel like we're the next iteration of that iteration. Like the boutiquing of fitness, making fitness much more personal. Mm-hmm. I was like, to, I was like, like to say, it's like, um, you know, how often do you brush your own, your own teeth versus how often do you get them cleaned yourself versus how often do you get them maintenance and actually like dug, dug into. And I was like, Oh, I brush my teeth every day. It's like, cool. All right. So do you do intentional movement every day? Okay, cool. How often do you get them cleaned yourself? Oh, every few months. Oh, cool. How often do you, you know, see a movement specialist to correct the dysfunction? Mm -hmm. And how often do you go to the dentist? So only when I have a, a, an an actual problem, 
you know, actual broken tooth or a pain. Cool. How often do you see something about your body? Like I, it, to me, like there's so many parallels in, in, in our lives mm-hmm. where like, you know, we, we, we put so much maintenance towards so many things, but we don't do it towards our joints and towards our muscles. Right. And even the mentality of, of those, uh, of those spots. It's like, that's to me, like, that's the win. You know, it's like, that's just what I do. Like, of course I stretch every day. Like you don't brush your teeth every day. Like right. you're sick. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that's what I, I was like to say is like, what if you went on, on a date with, with somebody and they, and you found out they didn't brush their teeth. <laughs> Would you go on a second date? Probably not. I'd offer them. Both. I don't know. I don't They'd have to be really, really special. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So like, you know, it's like you, if the same concept came through, it's like, oh, you don't take care of your physicality. Doesn't mean you have to be like this specimen of like of physique shred, shredded abs by any means, but like oh you don't you don't take care of your physicality. It's like mm-hmm. oh wow interesting all right. Oh, and I, I'm not like passing judgment on, on on anybody. That's not my intent. But my intent is that like you know we we take care of so many things, but we just let our human body just do its thing, hopefully that it doesn't crash and burn. It's the last on the list. Yeah. Yeah. It people. is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Mm. So I've, I have a question. What have been some of your guys' um, you know, kind of biggest takeaways um, from the multidimensional movement mentorship, the process? You know, what, what are those kind of nuggets that you're like, wow, this is, I'm going to, th- I'm going to think about something completely differently for the, for the rest of my life. Or, you know, not necessarily maybe yourself personally, but also towards, towards your own clients, your own athletes. Uh, Mike, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but well, for uh, me, um, like they, they're pretty basic and uh, it's like common sense. But um, one of the things was just seeing the body as a whole. Um, we, we, I think it was Matt gave us the analogy of the Apache helicopter, right? You go in, you know, to see a part, but then you got to come out and see the whole thing, see what's going on. Hmm, um, I like that. And and you know that the body is, works as a whole integrated system and not as an isolated you know, part. Um, and, and again, through my education, what I've done, all my CEUs, everything, um, everything is isolated. Everything we do is isolated. And you look around gyms and that's, you know, and I, and I try to stay out of that, like Nick says, that ego or that place of being judgmental. Um, but like, this is just what we're taught. And this is, I was going to say before, like one of the challenges of elevating the industry is just getting the information out. Like the industry is what it is because of what information we've all been given as personal trainers. Like if this is a a profession you want to go pursue, what are you going to learn? You're going to learn cadaver anatomy. You're going to, you know, your bicep curls, your traditional exercises. And there's, you know, I think you were even saying, you know, going through kinesiology and, you know, that you open a book and there's your sagittal plane, frontal plane, transverse plane. But beyond that, it's not mentioned. It's not talked about. How do we use that? How does that relate to real life movement? Um, it's just mentioned. Um, so that was a big one. Another one was just being intentional. Um, and that's something I'm, you know, I try to work on every day is um, why am I doing something? You know, whether it's a move, a program, or just what am I doing today? Like wake up in the morning and trying to, you know, be intentional for the day, not just get, go through the movements and go through the motions. Uh, being intentional. Another one is, is a big one is um, I think you guys taught me and really like emphasize um, 
how to how to think, not just how to do. And I started thinking about like, what does that mean? And I looked at, again, a lot of my education that I've come through and, and, you know, the, you know, I'm taught, you know, show me how to do this. You know, um, hmm. you know, how do you, how do you, how do you, you know, fix your car? How do you, you know, do this exercise? How do you lose weight? How do you, you know, uh, whatever it is, um, as opposed to like, what do you want? And like, let's, let's kind of break that down and think about it, process it. Cause there's a number of ways to do it. Right. Um, so those are definitely, um, a number of big ones that the, the whole concept of chain reaction biomechanics and the transformational zones. Um, again, that was, those are like foreign languages. Like when I first heard them, I said, you know, I was like, what, I'm like, what, I'm like, where, where has this been? Like I've been searching and I, and I've been fortunate. I've had some good mentors, um, went through, um, fitness Institute with, you know, kind of, uh, Anthony Abbott, who has got a resume trained NASA. He's, um, one of eight people, I think who's, who writes the NSC eight test and very old school and like brilliant guy. Um, I went through some courses with Juan Carlos Santana, who is, you know, a lot of people say the father of functional training and the guy's, you know, super successful, but even, you know, having that, there was always like, I felt something missing. Um, so again, like the, the chain reaction biomechanics, the transformational zone, all that stuff, um, was, was, um, kind of new to me. And it's, it's like, I'm in the process of learning this language and going out and speaking it, you know, and getting people to understand it. And some of them are like, say that again, what is it? Um, and now trying to communicate with them. Um, and then again, there, there's so many nuggets in, in the course, um, talking about writing program, balancing a, a workout. Um, and like I said, the, the, the soft skills, all of that stuff was like, um, you know, like I said, just the, the, it's brilliant. Um, nothing I've ever been through. There's no classes that I've seen about how to talk to your clients, how to speak and move as an athlete, as you know, as a movement specialist, you know, we don't, you're not told like you're teaching group classes. You just yell and scream, rah, rah, rah. Right. But like, how are you, how are you, you know, approaching the person, you know, are you at their level? Are you, you know, are you able to speak to them? Are you, are, do you know their personality type? Do they like to be called out? Do they want to be, you want to hear their name across the room? You know, everybody, every, like you said, everybody's different. Or Nick said, everybody's different. So everyone's got a different style of how they like to be taught. And I, I thought that was brilliant that you guys touched on a lot of that um, within the course. Because again, I, you know, prior to it, it was something that I, I, I've uh, many years been had been in the restaurant industry. So I was very in tune with um, serving and, and getting to, you know, being aware of what people need and want. Some people need to be, you know, they want to be, have the attention and right on them and service and be coddled. And other people want to be like, just give me my food, give me my drink and, and let me be. I don't want to be talked mm -hmm. to. And you kind of got to get used to everybody and, and know who's around you and what they want. And it's the same thing with group classes, I think. But that's something that is not necessarily, it's not taught. And it's not necessarily like we, we are born with it. It's something that we do pick up when we learn. Um, but I thought that was, again, brilliant. So there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. But I'll, I'll let I Nick touch that. on a few of them. Right, right on. Yeah, there are, there are so many nuggets.
Um, do you want me to dive in, Michael, or do you, where, do you want your to say personal takeaways? Yeah, like what right. what you found found value in that you feel the industry you know um, can benefit from, basically. So uh, first and foremost, with this has been probably the most eye opening experience that I I think I've ever had, uh, which has been well you know through my whole life. I would say up there, <laughs> up there, it definitely definitely at the top. It was and didn't happen until about a month ago. Um, you and I had been, uh, Michael and I had been chatting just kind of back and forth through the video message or the uh, voice messages. And um, I just with the, I've been really fortunate at the same time anxious to have when the pandemic hit, um, the gym that Michael and uh, Mike and I were working at closed down. So he and I started doing a lot of community um, in person, as well as virtual workouts, just for the general public. Um, from that, the gym started to open back up. I really wasn't ready to go into a gym. Neither were my clients. So I was meeting them in a parking garage and then some were coming to my house and I was going to some people's house and then I was still doing virtual. I was really spread out and that trend has kind of continued. So I, I recently had just popped back into a gym, started training out of there. I'm still doing virtual. I'm still doing in person. I'm still having people come to my house. And then that gym shut down because uh, they're going to now all go to Lifetime. That's fantastic. Great for them. But now I'm once again, okay, that gym shut down. So where am I going to go now? What am I going to do now? And so I went on this about a couple of weeks there. I went on this. Uh, I'm going to go talk to gym owners in the area, um, um, training facility owners in the area and see where they are, what they can use. Can I offer anything? Um, most of them did not align with our values, did not align, uh, which is fine. That's okay. Uh, one, however, I thought was more aligned and in speaking to them, they, at one point they asked me very bluntly, why are you here? And I said, I need to be led. And they were like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, I'm in a position to mentor other trainers, clients, and athletes. I am also in a position that I need someone above me to lead me. I need someone to continue to help me grow. And the thing that really clicked from there was seeing you do what you do, Michael, in regard to you have created this incredible facility with at by far the most incredible, astounding community staff clientele that I've ever come across. And you are now transitioning to an aspect of this company, of this business, where you're starting to move away from working with the clients in that training aspect. And you've kind of handed some, you've delegated responsibility across the board to all the people in their various um, spaces. And I was like, oh man, that's what I, I want that. I want to be part of something where someone knows when it is time to take their next step because they've grown so much and delegate power to another person because now it's that person's time to grow. And that really was, I, when I thought about MDMC, when I thought about what I learned and I thought about all the people that I've now connected with and the Movement Collective in the Discord MDMC with all of your staff, uh, with Mike and some of the trainers that Mike works with at Real Fitness, 
I realized how much I wanted to mentor other movement specialists, health professionals, movement practitioners, but also I want there to be that person above me to kind of, hey, you're doing a good job, but look, let's talk about this concept now. Let's bring this piece in. I want you to take on this responsibility. And you coming into the session talking about you were talking to your mentor immediately was like, oh man, there it is again. Like that's what I'm grabbing a hold of. That's what MDMC really laid out for me. That wasn't apparent at first. It wasn't until I wrapped up the session, really tried to figure out what am I, what do I want to do now? Where do I want to take my next step? Um, is it going to be an anterior step, a posterior, a lateral, an anterior lateral? Is it going to be a rotational? Like, where am I taking my next step? Because I have all these planes of motion now to play with. And, um, oh man. So that was probably the biggest piece that was, and that right there is like, driven not that's not just a nugget of mdmc that is like a life-changing experience for me so i'm super grateful for that um the other piece is the other piece man and this has been so cool is just being able to see people and this has been something that i've been trying to work on for a long time Uh, mike and i we went through some like if you want to call them like self-improvement like self-empowerment uh classes here and there just to like touching with ourselves and things like that. And going through MDMC, um, some of the modules really challenge the ability for you to put yourself on hold and see what's happening in front of you without micromanaging it. And the more that I engage now, whether it's one-on-one or virtual or a group, the ability to, to Say, hey, I want you to get into a stride stance, opposite hand bent row. Uh, It doesn't matter what the equipment piece is right now. Okay, stride stance, opposite hand bent row. And seeing people, someone get into that position, that back toe is splayed out. So that that back foot has an external rotation. Where I am now that I want to say, whoa, whoa, let's swing that back toe inside. Let's kind of keep that energy flowing inside the body as opposed to kind of escaping through that. Um, then, okay, you know, you look for the flat back, but that person's got a rounded thoracic kind of leading to the lumbar and you, you almost want to dive immediately in and correct that as well. But I've realized how powerful it has become to, to go ahead and articulate or nomenclate, give that direction, that guidance and see what someone has access to. How did they just line up? Was it the way that I said it? Was it the cues that I gave? Was it their ability or access to certain things or their inability and and no no access to certain things? And I realized in in processing all of that, you know, sometimes it's 10 seconds that you're processing all that. Sometimes it's a minute if you're working with someone through a round, whatever. Truly, I feel like truly layers are shed off of how we see people. And that's where the ego kind of gets put to the side, all the belief systems, the patterns get put to the side, because then you just are, you sit there and you just admire the fact that someone is taking the time to learn from you, invest time in you, invest time in themselves. And man, I love being able to see people now. I think I see people more clearly than I ever have. And that once again is from MDMC. So those are my two nuggets. I'll leave it at that because I could go on and on, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, thank you for, for sharing those. And um, for 
for you know I, I think for any person who's created something, um, you know, you uh, immediately want to say you know a thank you, but you know to me I, I immediately start to to realize like all the pieces that you just shared that you've taken away, you know I've taken those things away from other people above me, and yeah. it's really this true distillation of of um, and, and I, will, I like to use the term open sourcing of knowledge. And because, Mike, you know, you, you, I thought you said it brilliant. It's like, you know, when you work in the service industry, you have to learn how to, how to read people. You just won't be good at your job. It, you just won't stay at that job. Um, and the service industry, you know, especially with, you know, hospitality, um, restaurants, et cetera, um, hotels, you know, yeah, that's a huge piece because that's all you do. That's all you're really doing is trying to give something what they give them what they want. And what I really love about this field is now our job is to give them what they want, but also give them what they need. And that's a, a very unique opportunity um, f- from a personal perspective. You know, like I just came back from a vacation. It's like, what if they gave me what I actually needed, not what I wanted? You know, at this real, at this real. Sort, you know, like I actually want a tequila on 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 the rocks house in Mexico. They're like, nah, buddy, you're gonna need a little. Right. You need a, a mimosa. Like, <laughs> like what? Like I want a tequila. Nah, I don't. Just I'm trying to think about like from that basic standpoint. It's like, but we have that opportunity. And yeah. and Nick, to go what you said, like we have to view. We have to stop and let and just say, I gave something. I have to now view that. Right. And it's not viewing from wrong or right. Yes, there right. is better and worse. There's no question about that. But what is it? Something that they intentionally are doing, or something that they just they're, they're subconsciously doing? It's because they can't do it, or because they just haven't been taught how to do it. Right. And like to have that perspective is really something I think is. is um, it's so interesting to be doing this for as long as I have been doing this, which is not that long. I want to be very frank about that. You know, I you know I've only been doing this for about about a decade, uh, a little more than that. But like. I feel like I've been doing it for the, my entire life. Like I used to be that, I'm a personal trainer. I got cut off, I mean, you know, I, I was that guy. You know, we're all gonna do bench press. Why? Because I do bench press. <laughs> and we're gonna do it Line first. It <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do it first because that's what you should do first. Because This is the warm up. Yeah, it's yeah. Monday, because it's yeah, Monday. It's, it's Monday, exactly, yeah. And if you can't see the muscle in a mirror, then it really doesn't matter training it because you can't see it. So it doesn't, right. let's just be honest about why we're here. Um, so, but now it's like, and now it's like, like, I don't ever want someone to even consider that they're at their 100% threshold. Like, there's, there's, that's just not a place to, that's not a place to be, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I want someone at their 60, 70, maybe 80% threshold. All, you know, that's, that's where training and conditioning should really be for the population that we serve, you know? Right. If you're a professional sports, then that's a different story, but, but. Um, at times, so like, but it, so it's, it's really interesting, and to realize like, like you know, there's people, you know, I look, I really look at, you know, uh, one of my greatest mentors, and you know, you guys know his name as well, but Gary Gray, and how I really appreciate, you know, um, the process of what he taught me, and what I, what I got away from that fellowship, was certainly the biomechanics chain reaction, you know, certainly how muscles and tendons and ligaments and fascia literally are one; they have independent pieces but they're they're one piece you can't just train the bicep it's just not the way it works you can't just train heel inversion it doesn't work that way um 
you know, um, but what I really got from that was like, it's, that doesn't matter. Being a phenomenal coach, a listener, a presenter, a talker, an understander, a critical thinker, like all those soft skills, it was just use the word soft skills, just like blanket that statement. But that's really what, I, to me, that's the most important. It's the behavioral sciences that truly makes a great coach. And I feel like we have this industry trend right now that's like, okay, cool techniques, great mace work, ropes, RMT, you know, even like, even, you know, through the functional patterns, like great understand. I really appreciate how they're breaking down movement and postures and gait. But I always think to myself, like, who cares? Unless the coach can actually deliver that in a way that a client wants to read it, not just a client, but a mass, a mass of people. You know, to me, personal training should be abolished unless the person absolutely <laughs> needs one-on-one -on -one training. You know, uh, to me, like, yeah, it's like, it, it's, it should be masked out. You know, so it's like the, the delivery mechanism is always the most important. You know, it's always the most important. Um, so anyways, so thank you. Thank you for um, sharing that, that, that process. But as it comes down to it more and more, and, and, as I, and as I realize, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of great ideas out there. And I think that I pretty much think we probably have solved all of world's problems already. Uh, they're just still stuck in pe people's heads. Right. <laughs> they really haven't had a means of sharing it with somebody or a process right. or a team to unpack it. No and engineering it. to build. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we've already figured out how to, how to solve world hunger. We just, it's still sitting in, in someone's head, you know, I don't know. Um, but, um, but it's, it's really making things into a system, into a process of sharing. And, um, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway and uh, I know this podcast is not about me, but um, has been understanding that good things are only truly good if they can be massly shared. Um, at least from my, you know from the fitness side of things, and and you have to put organizational structure around it. And um, and, and Nick, you just said like you know um, I just got back from a ten day vacation. I literally the only thing I did with my inbox is I just cleaned it up. <laughs> and I responded to one text message because they said it was very important, you know, so I did that. Um, but it had no function towards the business. It had zero function. And one thing I really, and this is, I'm not, I'm not tuning a horn towards me. I'm tuning a horns towards the process and the staff and the teams. Like if we, if, if the both owners can leave and literally have no need for, for them, and the business still grew. It actually grew. We actually came back with more members than I left with. And the process is still functioning. It's like, wait a minute. Fitness is usually an industry that people fail. Like businesses fail in fitness far more than any other industry. And we have a team of like 12 or 14 at this particular point. Like that's how typically like big companies run. Everyone's working together, you know, da, da, da. It's like, I, I, I really like, there's something special going on here. That is far beyond me. And it's really, it's really being played out into a bigger scale. And like, it gives me this ama amazing, like hope to wake up every single day with like, 
we got to go, we got to go further. Like it can't stay here. It can't stay even between the three of us. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what it is. I don't care if we have this new app that's going to make, you know, something better in someone's life on their cell phone. Like it's so, to me, it's something that's so big. Um, it, um, and I, we, I believe we have the structure around it, at least the beginning steps that now it just has to be mass marketed. It has to be put on the manufacturing line and just pumped (laughs) and, with the mass marketing or with the mass production, the quality has to still remain the exact same and get better, um, which those two things don't really happen. That's why I'm always like a, not a big fan of like, f- you know, franchise fitness, you know, because it's been shown that it only, gets, it only gets worse as you push it out there. So um, long way of saying thanks. I'm glad that that's, I'm, I'm not glad, that's, the, that's an underword. I am absolutely ecstatic that those are the, your takeaways. Um, so I think we're onto something, guys. For sure. For sure. You know, I think we're, I think starting, we're, movement. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, think we're starting a movement. Yeah, I think we're starting a movement. And it's called the Movement Collective, if you want yeah. to go and jump into the three. <laughs> and there's a guy named Nick who's, uh, who's on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, for, those, for those listening to this podcast, whether you're an athlete, whether you're, uh, whether you're whether you're a coach, whether you're just an enthusiast, um, yeah, my my hope and what I hope you got value out out of this conversation is is that that there is a movement going on. It's still underground, um, but um, it's it's much bigger than us, and uh, we need more we need more participants. We need more people that are willing to take a step into. Um, something that's probably uh, maybe against what they previously learned and maybe counter to what they've been taught or what they've experienced and, and what they've done um, just for the sake of what if. Like, what if it's better? What if it's more efficient? What if it's, um, what if it's more fun? Uh, what if it makes you more money? What if it makes you happier? Um, and just be comfortable with the what if, knowing that if it isn't, cool, just go back to where right. you are. Yeah. Right on. You know, lose nothing. This is not for everybody. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Not everyone wants to be a critical thinker. Not everyone wants to challenge the status quo. Not everyone should. <laughs> um, but um, you know, so um, yeah, it's kind of an open ind- open invitation. Um, so with that being said, um, any any final thoughts, you guys? Anything you guys want to want to share? Uh, truly, you know. Well, for me, I, I'm j- I'm excited because. Uh, um, I have like this uh, feeling of um, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm done with the course now, now, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm excited because I feel like, like I'm just beginning. Like, I'm, like I said, I was I've been taught a new language and now I'm going out into the country and like using it, you know, getting, getting to, to spread it and share it. Um, and again, just the, like Nick was saying, and, and I got to give you props, man, since you took over, um, and became the the Discord the community manager. Um, it's really great to see all the interaction, um, and it's really um, such a great platform. Because um, I know you've gotten a number of trainers. You know, I, I've sent you a couple names, um, and getting more people on there, just experiencing, just chiming into the conversations and seeing what it's all about. Um, I think the community is just—it's incredible. Like, I mean, Nick, you definitely touched on that, but the people that are involved and and the movements they're starting on their own and nick and i had a conversation earlier before we got on um just about some of the people in there and and how like during this whole pandemic 
people were quietly doing their thing, creating their rope flows and their mason and the different movement stuff and um, just quietly making it happen. And uh, it's just, um, it's exciting because, you know, it's, there's, there's good people out there and doing great things and we're a part of it and we're part of the team kind of building it and taking it to the next level. And uh, Michael, you, you're, you know, from where we're sitting, you, you know, you're like the pioneer, you know, I know you came, there was somebody before you obviously and all that, but um, we're, we're grateful to have, you know, crossed paths and, and um, like, I, I, you know, I tell the story, I, I'm still trying to get my, my uh, video, my testimonial video to Cheryl, but I can't, I can't nail it down under the five minutes, but <laughs> when um, just how I came across with that, that um, quiz on Facebook, Right. how well do you know the body and i'm like this is like i've never seen this right and it led me down this path to the website to the youtube page um and i was just blown away with the information you guys were putting out um and then it led me to book in a call with you which i think i, I figured it would you know 15 minutes i'd you know talk to someone you know trying to enroll me into a program you know getting get a, a, a soft pitch um and i mean we sat on the phone for an hour and a half just you know just like this just talking about the industry, about life, about movement, about all this stuff. And it was just, um, it was, it was, it was refreshing. Um, and this is what, you know, I think this industry can offer. Like you said, we're here to, to offer something and, and to help people out and give them something that they don't even know they need. You know, they know, they know what they want or they think they know what they want, but there's just, there's so much here. And, um, Again, part of my problem with the video I'm trying to make for you guys is I, I tend to ramble like I get going on this. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. So, Nick, take it away, brother. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you touched upon everything that I was thinking as well. So, no, man. Yeah, we are. We are very grateful. We are excited. And it's, yeah, just the ideas and concepts and the way that even community comes across. Um, it's, it's all changed. It's all evolved. And I'm so excited to, even within now the short time that I've been working with the discord, the people that I've reached out to via Instagram that I, some of these people I've never met before, but they popped up, whether it's through the Instagram algorithm, whatever you want to call it, they're popping up now. Like this is what I'm saying from underground, they're popping up. They've always been there. And it's been so nice to communicate with these people. Uh, just, Hey, like I, I looked at your page, your page is really, it's spoke. Uh, it's unique. I love the craft that you're trying to build. Can we connect? And I'll, I'll, every time, like, it's just been so nice to have them reach back out. And then that most of them have joined the movement collective and it's just like, man, oh man, like, Every time someone joins, I'm like, wow, this is, we just got one, one person bigger. We just expanded a little bit more. So I'm super excited by that. So yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's it for me. Um, I appreciate you, Michael. I appreciate you, Mike, a lot. Cause Mike's really been a huge mentor to me as we, since I met him, I was like, oh my goodness, there's so much I have to learn. <laughs> So, uh, tank yeah, tops and <laughs> you know, backwards hats, tank tops, lots of cuss, cur curse words. And, uh, yeah, it's just different reality. <laughs> and, and eating broccoli while you train. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much for your guys' time. Thanks for your uh, passion. Uh, thanks for your guys' friendship. Um, thanks for being mentors, mentees. Thanks for being um, willing to go on a uh, uncomfortable process. Right. I think that I think that's what it is. Is you know, um, you know, for our clients, for our coaches, for ourselves, we're all doing something that requires us to be uncomfortable, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. soulfully. Like it's that's to me that's like. Like the people are signing, they're paying to do this. Like, wow. All right. So people are paying to be uncomfortable on purpose for the, for the sake of betterment and change. Like, cool. That's, that's our kind of people. You know, that's, that's, that's what we're looking for. Um, so, well, thank you very, very much once again for all listening. Appreciate your guys' time. And uh, we'll call this one good. Cheers. Okay. Hey y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed with the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. We launched this in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That's hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnazoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it, and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnazoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.